0: if you're running at a burn rate where you're losing money every day and then you're praying for a jackpot here and there, like that's just no way to run a business. There's no way to run life. So if you're just like, you know, flipping out, losing your marbles and you are like, Oh my God, but then I'm going to go to this like yoga retreat for three days. And like you go and you feel a little better. That's great. Within a week, you've kind of burned it off and you're back to your life. So was that a sustainable fix or was that a band aid? How do you take yoga with you? How do you take yoga breathing into every day of your life? How are you doing mindfulness when you wake up? And how are you keeping that kind of constantly rolling with you instead of this place that you visit if and when you get around to it?
1: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Today, I am bringing on a special guest. My dear friend, Dr. Pedram Shojai is the author of the New York Times bestselling book, The Urban Monk. And let me tell you, that book never leaves my nightstand because there are so many great nuggets about living the life with intention and focusing on your health and well-being. Now, he's also the creator of the new documentary, Interconnected, The Healing Secrets of the Microbiome, which I am so thrilled to be a part of. Now, before we jump into this epic conversation and really real talk conversation, so buckle up, we are going to really get into it today, but we're specifically talking about the microbiome and all things wellness, I just want to quickly take a moment and shout you out. Now, if you've been listening for the last couple episodes here on the Essentially You podcast, you know that we are creating a lot of momentum with so many amazing health warriors listening in every single week. One particular listener is Sarah V, and I am excited to shout out her win that she shared on Instagram just a couple days ago. So here it is. Over the last month, I discovered Dr. Marisa's podcast. The two episodes that really stuck out were her menstrual cycle ones. I did not know that I could own my menstrual cycle and plan my life around each phase. I've already synced my cycle with my calendar and I am giving myself more grace during my period. It has made a tremendous difference with my social anxiety. Thank you so much. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Sarah V, for sharing your win, girl. I am happy to shout you out today. Now, if you would love a shout out, you can reach out via insta, you can reach out via Facebook, and my Insta handle is at Dr. Marisa, and that's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Or you can simply stop in and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever podcast platform you are plugged into that way I can continue to share these messages, these powerful interviews, these powerful takeaways with even more women and listeners who are ready to become the CEO of their own health. All right, so let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Pedram Shojai. But before I do that, I want to sing his praises. Dr. Pedram Shojai is a man with many titles. He is the founder of Well.org, the New York Times bestselling author of The Urban Monk, Rise and Shine, and The Art of Stopping Time. He is the producer and director of the movies Vitality, Origins, and Prosperity. In his spare time, he is also a Taoist abbot, a doctor of oriental medicine, a kung fu world traveler, a fierce global green warrior, an avid backpacker a devout alchemist, and an old-school Jedi biohacker working to preserve our natural world and wake us up to our full potential. And let me tell you, that's exactly what he's going to do today. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Pedram Shojai. How are you doing today?
0: Oh, so good to be here. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you.
1: And you know, you have been an inspiration to me for many years. When I read The Urban Monk, I was like, oh my God, this man is talking to me. And you have been on this epic journey of healing, of discovery for many, many years. You've served tens of millions of people as a practitioner. Tell me a little bit about what brought you on this journey to, I mean, to even hear what we're talking about today, which is the microbiome. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, if I served tens of millions of people, I'd probably have arthritis in my wrists, but, but, but a few. I mean, your message, <laughs> just your book oh, alone. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, that, well, that's really what got me into it, right? Is I'm just this mom and pop doc guy, right? So I, I was a Taoist monk, uh, studied with a bunch of Kung Fu masters, and got to study with the likes of the Dalai Lama, the Karmapa Lama. Like, you know, I, get to, I, I got to kick around that block, came back and thought I was going to you know, save the world one patient at a time. And it turns out you can't see that many of those in a day and, and, and the world was sliding faster than I was fixing anything. So then I was like, all right, so how do I, you know, how do I fix this? If my stated goal, like I'm, I'm really a big guy on contracts, right? So if my stated deal with myself is to like make an impact and make a difference, if I'm being honest with myself, am I doing that in my current role as this guy, this clinician? And the answer was no. So then I was like, oh, I know. So I'm going to do an integrative medical thing. And so I brought on a bunch of doctors and I had three offices with like MD, and DCs and psychologists and neurofeedback and I had this huge kind of like medical circus thing which was really cool I mean we were on the cover of all these magazines and journals and stuff it's like wow integrative medicine what a cool new concept but it still sucked for me because I was in the sick care model like I only got paid Frankly, no one, no one pays for wellness, right? They pay when they're like, you know, their leg breaks. And so like it was ahead of its day and the insurance companies are like, no, no, wait till something's broken, come back and we'll pay for it. And so I'm wanting to like eradicate illness and all I'm getting paid for is basically, frankly, to be honest, there's no incentives in even keeping people well because the money is in, in, in treating sick people, right? And so when I realized that the medical system, you know, and it took me a while because I'm dense, I had to devote my education to this stuff. And then I come out realizing that I was just in the chop shop and, you know, I only got paid when people were sick and, you know, keeping people sick is how the business works. I had kind of the dark night of the soul and was like, man, this, this isn't what I got into this for. So again, I had this kind of, you know, life reconciliation deal where I was like, you know, are you making the impact you want? No. I mean, yeah, I'm stuck paying a bunch of payroll and r- driving around, you know, dealing with stress and and really, you know, helping people, of course, but not the way that was going to shatter any earth here. And so that's when I was like, all right, well, change it up again, dude, you know, blow it up start over. And so I started writing books and uh, made my first film and oh, man, I'm four films and three books into it and got five films coming. And I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if I'm still winning or or losing at this fixing the world problem, but I think I'm getting a little closer, I guess. A little
1: closer. And what had you clearly blow it all up? It's one thing to even orchestrate three clinics. And yes, the overhead, managing the doctors, it's it's very much a model that is fed with sick people. You know, when you decided to move towards educating people, educating the masses right first i don 't know if it was first books then it was movies, but have you found that movies for you have really made help to really get the message out there
0: yeah I mean look I'm a, I'm a book guy I love reading books I like writing them I don't love it I mean it's a lot of work, but you know the urban monk you know you could pat myself on the back and be you know it was a new York, New York Times bestseller and it's in thirty languages and i don't know maybe a hundred thousand people have read the thing i don't know maybe more I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I had that in the first week of screening my film Vitality, which has now been seen by millions and millions of people, because people are more—they're trained to just sit down and watch, you know, a couple hours of, of content, and they don't read anymore. And so it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, I could bang them over the head and say, "Read this book," or if they don't read, they're never going to get to it, and they're never going to, you know, get helped, or just you know, meet them where they're at and try to help them up and out. Right. And so the films became that vehicle.
1: Yes. I know a lot of people, you're right. As much as I want people to be readers, we're just not anymore. We're consuming information, either we're watching it or we're listening to it. And I know you have, you still have a podcast, right? The Urban Monk podcast.
0: Yeah, when I get around to it. (laughs) I love the podcast. It's just, I've been on the road a lot this year and it just got to the point where the podcast, you know, we did it on video for years. We just, we put a lot of effort into it. I've had a lot of really amazing guests and I have this concept that I work on all the time called the life garden. And so as I started kind of working on my own life garden this year, knowing what was coming and knowing what was all my books and what I'd kind of committed to already, there's your, your family, there's your career. There's the things that you want in your life. There's your passions. There's your health. You know, there's just just these areas of your garden, and all those plants have to be vibrant and healthy. I don't want to spend 15 years making money and then realizing that my wife left me or my kids don't know me, right? I don't want to spend 20 years, you know, trying to help the world and figure out and look like Michael Moore, right? Like it does. It doesn't work that way, right? Like you got to take care of all of those at the same time. And so for me, it was one of those things where I was like, man, I. As much as I love the podcast, I just got to throttle back this year and do what I'm doing and be the dad that I choose to be. Right. Um, or else it just, you know, it doesn't work. Right. You can't talk about work life balance. You got to have it.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because you are on the go a lot. You're, you're always, I mean, even for these movies, you've got to be on location. You are interviewing people all around the world. What does it look like to live? I mean, because this is something you've embodied that you lived in the Himalayas for what five, many, many years. How are you able to embody a lot of what you teach us in your own life on the go, on the planes? Everywhere you are.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the question of the hour, right? And so, you know, everyone thinks that running to the Himalayas is the answer. And let me just qualify this by saying, like, I didn't live there for many many years. I spent many many months there, but I studied with a, a kung fu master and an abbot of my lineage here because they burned down all the temples and killed those dudes in China. So the Chinese ones that made it here got to live and, and you know transfer this wisdom to monkeys like me. Uh, and then I you know I traveled through there. I traveled through the Amazon. You know, I did a lot of sabbatical here and there. But you know, just to, just to, you know keep keep the facts straight. I didn't live there for many many years, but I spent a okay. lot. I spent many 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 you miles. Training. Yeah, yeah. But you know, the, the point still remains the same. And this is kind of a big turning point in my life is, you know, I'm sitting there in Rishikesh, India, with a guru. I won't even mention the name, just on the on the river talking about, you know, life and and meditation and dharma and all this. And I'm like, man, riddle me this. What what's up with all the people here? And he just looks at me and I'm like, it just feels like everyone here is like running away from something and and, and, and it's just it just doesn't Feel right. And we got into this long discussion about how everyone from the West thinks that, like, you know, there's some sort of mystical Himalayan magical, you know, Nirvana land where you run away to and everything is good and it's blissful. And, you know, they're just a bunch of kind of stressed out people with the same history, the same parents, same drama, with a little bit less noise, a little bit more, you know, patchouli, but, you know, just the same people running from their lives. And so, you know, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. And he's like, you know, your place isn't here. I'm like, come on, you know, this place is great. He's like, no, no, your job is to go, you know, you're not, you're done being a mountain monk. It's time for you to be an urban monk and go back take the Dharma to the people in the world that you live in and teach them this lesson right like you cannot run from yourself you cannot run away to peace it's like that two weeks in Hawaii isn't going to like you know make everything else go away in your life right it's just gonna it's just gonna like calm you down a little bit and then you go back to your crazy life so that's when everything kind of cleared up for me I decided to come back and you know become a householder and not an ascetic and you know have family and kids and stuff now but it really kind of turned the corner for me because i realized you know it's not meditation isn't this thing that you click on every time you realize you're stressed and like you know makes it all go away it's like the virus checker it's the operating system through which you're like constantly scanning and being like yo i thought you were working on this document why do you have 15 other windows open like you know what are you doing dummy of course you're going to be stressed out and so it's just constantly scanning and clearing and breathing and staying in that space Versus thinking that that's a space you're going to visit like on a three-day weekend when you got time to go to Disneyland, right? It just, it doesn't work that way. You have to live there or else it's all just BS.
1: So this needs to be daily. So yeah, you're crushing a lot of dreams here with the idea that we're going to find bliss and escape in Hawaii or Mexico or the Amazon or or maybe it's right now Machu Picchu or wherever we're going to get there. It's about doing an internal assessment on the daily
0: Well, that's it. It's either running in your operating system and business. We call it your burn rate, right? Like if you're running at a burn rate where you're losing money every day and then you're praying for a jackpot here and there, like that's just no way to run a business. There's no way to run life. So if you're just like, you know, flipping out and losing your marbles and you are like, oh my God, but then I'm going to go to this like yoga retreat for three days. And like you go and you feel a little better. That's great. Within a week, you've kind of burned it off and you're back to your life. So was that a sustainable fix or was that a Band-Aid? How do you take yoga with you? How do you take yoga breathing into every day of your life? How are you doing mindfulness when you wake up? And how are you keeping that kind of constantly rolling with you instead of this place that you visit if and when you get around to it?
1: Hmm, I 100% agree. I think it's all about the way that we do the day to day. Now I know that you have a family, you got these two gorgeous children. You know, for you taking on the responsibility in a way of really educating, supporting people. Did anything shift for you when you had kids?
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of the hardest transitions from ascetic to householder. Is how do I say this? When you're a monk a lot of it is it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm doing Kung Fu stances and, you know, fetching water and chopping wood. And, you know, it's a lot of work, but in a lot of ways, it's actually really kind of self-indulgent. Like you get to focus on yourself. And even if it's like the eradication of the ego and all this, you're just kind of like self-oriented a lot. And then you have a kid and you realize that you are like last in line, dude. Like I'm just, you know, it's just diapers and poop and like who's going to walk the dogs and, you, you know, we forgot the milk or, you know, you get that. And you're like, wow, man, this is true selflessness as taught through the the path of the householder. If one were to accept it and like, you know, choose to be the parent that they, they, they should be versus, you know, the crappy parent that just ignores it or, you know, babysits with the TV or whatever it is that can be done. And so it was a real, real powerful spiritual lesson for me in reconciling the two lives that I had lived and really learning how to kind of lay yourself on that sacrificial altar for the kids, yet don't lay your health and lay other elements of yourself on the sacrificial altar. Like daddy still needs to make a living. Daddy needs to buy that milk. Daddy still needs to look like he slept because he's on camera all the time. Daddy still needs to, you know, like have fused lengthening practices throughout his day because when someone comes home and they're annoying or they're snot running, you know, I can't snap. And so it's just, you still have to figure out how to factor all that stuff in with less time and less you time. And again, it's like, you know, yeah, it's so nice. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to yoga for 90 minutes today. Who the hell has that time? right? No parents I know do, right? And so you have to learn again to optimize the way you roll so you don't let things stress you out. You're constantly moving and engaging your body. So it's not like, oh, I have to, you know, like the gym, if you get to the gym, great, right? Like I'm lucky because I, you know, self-employed or whatever you want to call it where I, you know, I I take a, a, a 90 minute lunch break. I go to the gym, I eat some lunch, I rest a little bit, I get back in it, right? And so how do you curate your life to do all that in the hours where you're not being the parent you need to be or how do you mix and match that where like you know the kids come home and you're like grab your bikes we're going to the park right and I'm yeah, I'm the guy doing pushups with like my daughter on his back at the park or you know like doing the monkey bars and doing a pull up in between because that's that's time with my kids and that's the only time I got to do it man you just got to do it
1: yeah I was curious because running your own business being an entrepreneur but also living this lifestyle and educating on it but then you're a very involved father And so, you know, I would just want people to recognize that it's possible, even though it is the most selfless act to do is to really show up for your kids and you're last in line. You know, that's always kind of the excuse. Well, like my kids come first. I don't have time for this anymore, but you have figured out a way to weave it in so that you are taking care of yourself and you are doing, you're doing you're doing the best for your kids at the same time.
0: Yeah, there's no choice, right? I used to do this with patients all the time where I'd be like, oh, you know, you, you got to eat that stuff. You got to eat that organic. Like, you know, avocados, fine. Tomatoes, you got to go organic, you know? And they'd be like, well, I can't afford organic. And I'd be like, well, no, no, that's non-negotiable. So come on, put it all on the table. And I just start... like talking to them and be like, all right, how much do you pay for uh, cable TV? And they'd be like, I don't know, 80 bucks a month. I'm like, there's your organic food budget, but, but, but. I'm like, there's no buts. You're doing something stupid, like sitting around deteriorating on the sofa, watching a bunch of crap. That you're paying too much money for and that's your organic food budget. You're telling me you're not going to let that go because, you know, normal people have cable. You're not normal people because normal people also get cancer and die in this stupid idiotic society that we live in because everything's poisonous and everything's toxic. So let go of the TV. Let's go organic food next, right? And so those are the kinds of decisions you need to make on everything if you set your priorities straight and you're clear about it, right? And a lot of people have this like thing about willpower and intention. You know what? intention is only half the battle. If you don't match your intention with your attention, so your willpower with your focus, you could have all the intention you want and you'll squander it within 15 minutes of something or you know, four days after the new year turns over and you're right back where you started. You got to stay focused. You got to stay clear. And that's also where meditation comes in is just being like, yo, what did I say is important to me? Okay, so if if going to the gym is important to me, the guys just texted and said they want me to stop by for a drink after work. If I do that, that means saying yes to them and no to the gym. Is my yes to the gym a serious commitment or not? And you just got to weigh those things out.
1: Yes, I agree. I 100%. You're going to – yeah, what's that short-term benefit – versus the long-term gain that you're going to get. And you're right. No one should be watching TV, although they should be watching this movie that we're about to talk about in just a second. Yeah. <laughs> so I agree with you there. Making the right choices based on the long-term gain that you're looking for. And you're right. The people that are listening to this, we're, we're not normal. We are choosing out of that normality that is perpetuating illness in this country, in this society.
0: Oh my God, who the hell wants to be normal? Right? Normal gets sick. Normal has chronic disease. Normal is being told what to wear by the Kardashians. I mean, normal is not normal, right? Normal has become zombie automaton slave in this like world that we live in. So if you are trying to be normal, you might as well just like check yourself in, you know, get a hospital bed and get drip fed, you know. Nabisco, right? It, it's just, it's insane to, to even, you know, care about being normal anymore.
1: And I agree with that. Like, I love the Nabisco, but I also pictured like a Coca-Cola drip of some sort as well, like an IV drip, that kind of thing. Now, one of the things you said too was not only just having the willpower and having intention, but having attention. So putting it into action. And you are, I mean, one of the things you teach a lot in the Urban Monk book is meditation. Now, are there specific times? Do we just need to do five minutes? How do we just get that in? Because I know that that clarifies a lot of attention to taking care of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, the real answer to that is I'm meditating right now right is what you know when are you not meditating and and why'd you slip and and so it's not like everyone's like oh okay it's meditation time let me go find my lululemon pants and like some you know incense and that Where where's that mat right it's like come on right i'm sitting here right now focusing on my breath while i'm hanging out with you i'm focusing on what's happening in my body while i'm engaging in a, in a, in a conversation and so again it's that question of like how much is how much is enough. That to me is is playing let's make a deal. And we all do it, right? And we all do it. We all do it, right? Like, okay, so what's the minimum? And like, you know, just-
1: What do I have to do? Bye. What do I got to do to get by?
0: what to do, doc, <laughs> right? And that's how we've been trained. And so, you know, the biggest challenge with my profession, your profession, anyone who's like kind of, you know, waking up to all this is- I'm sorry, but it's not tell me how to do anything. Tell me what to do. It's about waking you up so that you could be individuated, alive human being, and then you know you'll follow your bliss and, and learn what to do and, and make informed decisions on your own. Until then, yeah, I can tell you what to do: eat vegetables, right? Meditate. That's fine. But the long-term answer there is learn to think for yourself. <gasps> oh my God, right? And and that's, Wait, that's yeah, that goes counter to all of the, the marketing messaging. It goes counter to all that crap.
1: I mean, it's probably one of the biggest reasons why you decided to leave the model. I mean, that's what people do. We just... We do the marching orders of the doctor. You know, I had chronic migraines and I I share that story inside of the movie, Interconnectedness, because it was connected to my gut issues as well. But I had chronic migraines. I took tons of pills and I was told, I was seven years old when this started. So I really didn't have a lot of say in what was going to go on. But I was told that this this was my lot in life. This is how I get to live. And I believed that until I was 25, I believe. Because I was just following the orders of the doctor, I really didn't feel like I had a lot of opinion. I didn't have a lot of control over my health. I literally I just relinquished it over to the guy with the prescription pad.
0: Well, he's also got a white coat, right? And you've been taught your whole life to respect that, right? And so you just get to the point where there's just like this authority that these people have. And to me, they have lost a lot. Not all of them, obviously. There's a lot of great doctors that I know and you know. But if someone is, is just giving you that answer and not giving you any hope, run. Run for the hills. You need to fire them immediately and find another doctor. And then, you know, just look at them. Do they look healthy? Do they look like they're living it? Do they practice what they preach? I mean, there's just so much hypocrisy in that space. And frankly, their algorithms have collapsed. I mean, you know, we talk about this in the series a lot is, you know, look, Western medicine did really well on the battlefield because penicillin basically saved lives and, you know, helped us win World War I, frankly. And then World War Two, we ma- manufactured it better and all that. And then, you know, public safety, hygiene, you know, sanitation. Those things came in really good. There's some places where emergency medicine is amazing, but but allopathic medicine has kind of smothered out all the other forms of kind of holistic medicine in the mainstream. It's like a, the fact that they call the other stuff alternative is criminal, right? It's it's the original medicine, and and what has happened is these algorithms are not fit for chronic disease. They're not fit for the problems we're facing. And so everyone's getting sicker and sicker and the cost of healthcare keeps going up and the politicians, you know, debate healthcare policy. They're, they're not doing it. There's not a healthcare debate. Right? It's a healthcare finance debate that they're having, and who pays the exorbitant bills isn't the problem. It's a model that doesn't work, and it's a model that's centralized on disease management through abatement of symptoms, which basically makes you a customer of a drug company for life. It's a great business model if you want to build a Death Star. It's not great for humanity.
1: No, it's not great for humanity. I, I took too many meds for too long, too young, and it wrecked me in so many ways that it took many, many years to fix that now, when we're talking about this new series, you have decided to dive into a topic on the human microbiome. And what was your interest here? I mean, clearly we know so much of the root cause of what's going on in our bodies is happening in the gut. But what was the inspiration around this particular series for you?
0: Man, this thing just kept coming up. And, you know, if you are up on this topic. It is the hottest topic in medicine and science right now. And so I'm up on this because I'm just, you know, super I geek out about like this kind of as above, so below thing. It's just like this universe of life inside of you that's queuing for all this stuff. And so I'm like, man, this is, this is the most revolutionary aspect of all medicine right now and precious few doctors that I talk to know about it, let alone the patients. And so, you know, and you look at the statistics, the average is 17 years for new research that's been validated and proven and true to get to your doctor's office. And I'm like, man, if I had a 15-year-old daughter who's suffering from migraines say she would be well into her adult life and probably facing infertility issues before her you know doctor on the street even knew what the hell they were you know they were talking about with this and so we have to shortcut that we have to short circuit that if you will and get this information to the masses and so I went to Caltech I went to Harvard I went to Johns Hopkins I went to the best of the best the highest degrees in science and the the kind of experts in the field and it was just like hey man what do people need to know about this right now? Like, I thought I knew stuff, right? I thought I knew a lot about this subject. It rung my bell. It was like earth shattering how amazing this stuff was.
1: You're right. One, doctors, they're about two decades behind where they need to be when it comes to research. But also there's a lot of information about the microbiome out there. And a lot of people know enough to be dangerous, right? They don't really necessarily understand what it is, why we should care about it, because they're still chugging down diet soda and eating gobs of sugar to get by. Well, there's
0: two sides to that, right? There's the people who just don't care and just want to ride the Titanic right into the iceberg because they're like, "Screw it," right? And that's like a, a weird form of psychological fatalism that we have to kind of face in our friends and relatives and people who are that way, And you know. So that's one bucket. Then there's the other bucket of people who are like, "Okay, how much meditation do I need?" Okay, I meditated five days, you know, five five minutes today. I'm good. And so they're the ones, and I and I'm guilty of this on tour. You know, as I'm talking to these guys, I'm like, "Okay." okay, so what probiotic do I take, right? And, you know, the answer isn't probiotics. It's to live probiotically, right? And it's so hard to get through our thick skulls because we've been so trained to be like, okay, what's the pill? Yeah, what's, what's okay, the solution? What, yeah, just give me the, yeah, the, give me the solution. Day. And the solution is change the whole way you live and you change everything. And then everything gets better. Chronic disease goes away. You have energy, all your stuff works. Your skin is great. You look beautiful, but you have to like just change the way you operate. And we're so busy being the lunatics that we insist on being and reinforcing the storefront of how life goes because we have momentum in that direction that it's become difficult and so you know we just laid out all the science and taught people how to eat right and taught people the pros and cons of probiotics and so a lot of probiotics if you take them will actually make you worse right and a lot of fiber if you take it in the wrong context will make you worse and so there's just a lot there that's not like oh here's the simple solution but everyone's looking for that and the industry has trained people to ask for that in the tabloids. Here's six steps to six-pack abs. Here's five steps to the best sex you've ever had, right? It's all just this trite crap that isn't anchored in reality, really, and it's clickbait.
1: Oh, it's definitely clickbait.
0: <laughs> it's clickbait, I don't right? Who doesn't want
1: to have the six steps to a better sex life?
0: <laughs> right, right. The, yeah, the six steps... To anything, anything right? right? these are all just yeah, it's just crap. And so if you're gonna do real science, if you're gonna do real work, you're gonna talk to real people, you go tell the real story and you tell you don't talk down to people and you give them the intelligent conversations and then the resources to make this stuff actionable in their lives, and then you change lives right? If not, you're just giving them more of the crap and you're part of the the show, if you will.
1: Now, when we're talking about the action steps, I mean, clearly we really need to get into the research and this is why you're interviewing everyone. Now, when people watch this, not only is it understanding what's happening with our microbiome, our genetic footprint, all the capacity and the idea of living this life, but are there core things that people are going to get to take away from that they can begin to implement into the life they should be living?
0: Yeah. I mean, we did this. I mean, it's been a year in the making. Right. But, you know, as we came through, I said, okay, guys, this is nice. But, you know, if I don't have like a companion guide that tells people like, okay, what's my next step? What's my first step? How do I do this? What do I do? We failed. So, you know, my team spent, you know, over six months doing all the research on the microbiome strains, all the foods, all the the recipes and all this stuff to be like, okay, look, and here's how you make this easy and apply it to your life without having to like, you know, figure out what to do with amaranth, right? Like, you know, it's like people like the hippies ruined it. Like they made everything taste like cardboard and they made it all weird. And, and, and you know, it just doesn't have to be that way, right? It doesn't have to be that way. You can, you can have delicious meals that are probiotic friendly and help you with your immunity with help you with everything without having to get weird about it. It's just about changing your habits, your patterns, and then everything gets better.
1: I love that. It's important. It's interesting that you talk about fiber and d- different fibers that we shouldn't be consuming. And, you know, I just go back to the fact that I just want people to eat fiber.
0: Yeah. And so that's the problem, right? Is so this is the era of personalized medicine at its finest, right? And so what we look at is just how to take those recommendations uh, for yourself and kind of build them into your life instead of saying, like, well, I heard now it's paleo. You know, it's, oh, paleo is the answer this week, right? Oh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so behind, right? Right. And that's really it. Right. It's just, it's like fashion. And so the answer is, you know, hey, let's, let's teach you how to think. And then, yeah, I mean, yes, 95% of people I would say could absolutely benefit from having more fiber and probably 10 times more fiber, you know, ramped up over the next six weeks, but not everybody. And so how do you do it? And how do you ramp up that fiber? What kind of fiber do you take? You know, how are you dealing with whole grains? How are you dealing with gluten? I mean, there's just, there's a lot to it. And everyone's just like, okay, so what is it? It's, it's not, it's not. What are your, what is your genome telling you? What is this specific signature of your microbiome telling you? Right. And then what are your circumstances? What can you afford? Like who's around you? Do you have pets? Do you have, you know, like, did you have a C-section like, you know, there's so many factors that you have to consider in how you kind of custom curate your diet and your lifestyle for your optimal results. And I think that none of these diet gurus that that talk down to people in saying, just do it this way because it worked for me. That just, that doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. A lot of things work. What works for you?
1: So I think a big part of this message is one, figuring out what works for you be open to getting educated stop just kind of falling into the line of just doing whatever the doctor says like get more clear have more clarity around your own personal wellness so listening to your body a little bit more but specifically being more mindful about what we eat
0: Mindful about what we eat, but also what we ate, ate, right? So if you're like, well, I haven't taken antibiotics in three years, but if you're having, you know, beef that was, you know, pumped full of antibiotics, well, there you go. It kills your microbiome. If you're having anything with glyphosate sprayed on it, which is pretty much any GMO crop, you're taking, you know, 10 times as much antibiotics than you ever even suspected and you're killing your microbiome and you're increasing your your risk for autoimmunity, cancer, diabetes, you name it. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. ridiculous how much correlation there is with all these chronic diseases in the microbiome and so are you using hand sanitizer are you using antibacterial soap are you you know like are you are you getting exposure to dirt by hiking and gardening and all this so, so there's all these different variables of like you know basically life versus death i mean you know it's like so just think of the word antibiotics against life you know, think about that, right? Is we've gone so far into fighting life that we forgot and we didn't realize that life is the medicine. Life carries the information. And, you know, these bugs basically help us produce enzymes. They help us digest food. They help us modulate immunity. They help us detoxify. I mean, there are whole functions that actually we're realizing are happening in the microbiome instead of our bodies, or the microbiome will help produce hormones, it'll help conjugate hormones, like all of this stuff. It's just like, oh my God, we missed it. We were so busy nuking our friends, we didn't realize that they were the missing ingredient in our health. And that's what the series is about.
1: Well, we've become so sterile. Gosh, you know, we've become anti-germ, anti-everything. And we've stepped away as far away from nature as possible. And you see everyone on the planes or every day we go to, you know, go to the grocery store or go to the market and they're grabbing the wipes, the sanitary wipes to wipe down their, their cart right? That's, that's kind of the life that we're living. And so you're right. We have stepped away from nature and we got to get back into nature. I know that that is food that is plain in dirt. That's being more open to being receptive to bugs.
0: You know, what's interesting, and this is a bit of a stretch, but I'm going to go here because it's the kind of stuff I think about is we talk about these concepts of resilience, Intolerance when it comes to microbiome health. So, what happens is if you have good diversity, you have good numbers, you have good kind of quantities of the good bacteria, and you know, just kind of the balance that's right, what happens is you have this thing called tolerance, which is if you have a food that is not necessarily as good for you, the microbiome acts as a force field for you. If something hits you and offsets your system, the microbiome helps kind of keep you balanced, right? And and so that tolerance and resilience really get built into having the robust microbiome. And what's happening is as we're using more and more antibiotics, more hand sterilizers, all this kind of crap and getting more and more sick, hockey stick rise and ADD autism, diabetes, you know all this stuff, right? What started to happen is if you read the news, we're also starting to see a lack of tolerance psychologically in people, right? Racism is back up, people are, you know, at each other's throats. And so it's like there's these really interesting correlations between us snuffing out the life inside of us and then becoming intolerant to the life all around us.
1: Ooh, and you know, we are, we're seeing so much intolerance, we're seeing so much polarity right now, and we're the sickest we've ever been, ever. You look around, this, this summer alone, I had about 10 people in my life, 10 plus people in my life who were diagnosed with cancer. And this is from ages 20 to 55, 20 to 55. Like we weren't even seeing cancer diagnosis until after 55, just you know a decade ago. And yeah. it's just, it's crazy to me how toxic of an environment that we're creating because we're not well.
0: Yeah, yeah. My wife's uncle just passed like two nights ago of cancer. And he knew that smoking wasn't good for you and he kept doing it. So, you know, there's certain like, you know, there's the cancer that's like, oh my God, this guy was at the gym every day. How did he get cancer? And then there's like the guy that's like smoking and saying, f*** it, right? And, and it's different, right? And And so, you know, cancer's cancer and it sucks. But then you start looking at the psychology of the person who says that, and you start looking at the toxicity levels and the microbiome, and then just the psyche that starts to develop around somebody who goes toxic, stays toxic. And instead of trying to heal themselves, kind of leans into it and lets those microbes drive the ship, right? You see this all the time with people who have like yeast overgrowth or certain bacterial overgrowth is they're like, dude, I am craving sugar. Like, like something fierce right now. And it turns out the bacteria are telling the person to go get sugar for them. Right? And so when you start to get this colony overgrowth inside your gut that starts to become aberrant, all of a sudden you start like caring less about your health and eating the crap that they're asking for. It's almost like a possession, right? Like you you become a zombie and like the bad bacteria take over and then you start making idiotic decisions. And you just, you can't think clearly anymore. And we see that all the time. We're seeing that in all sorts of psychological conditions. You look at their microbiome, it's messed up.
1: Oh yeah. Well then it leads to anxiety. It leads to depression. It leads to cravings, as you mentioned.
0: Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. You could predict based on their microbiome, 20 years, 15 to 20 years before someone gets the first symptoms of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. The bacteria in the gut are present and they work their way up the, the vagus nerve all the way up to the brain, clearly clearly documented and established at this point. Like We know how to stop it. It starts in the gut.
1: All of it starts in the gut, right? We, always, we think about all of these conditions, all of these diseases, all of this inflammation, and that's why, I mean, I, like you said, this is such a hot topic and it's a hot topic because we're recognizing the importance that the gut plays on not only our emotional well-being, our biological well-being, but also encountering inflammation that's leading to cancer and culinary vascular disease.
0: Yeah. I mean, inflammation is the mother of all disease. And if your microbiome is off, you will have pro-inflammatory bacteria that are are proliferating and basically having a party in your body. And all of a sudden, you're like, my joints hurt. I need an Advil. kills more bacteria. And then you just keep going down the line. I can't poop. I'm going to go take a laxative. Or I have a, you know, acid reflux. I'm going to go take, a, you know, meprazole. You know, and you start doing this. And it just becomes this, this thing that then trickles down into a life of drugs and misery. And then you're taking antidepressants because, you know, nothing's working. And you have no vitality in your body. Like the whole damn thing is just start with the gut, heal the microbiome and you start seeing, I mean, I just, I was crying so many times this whole year, just interviewing these people. Like this one lady had five autoimmune diseases for over 30 years. Finally, some smart doctor like looked at her microbiome, changed her diet, made some, you know, modifications obviously in like, you know, probiotics and fermented foods and stuff. Six weeks later, symptom-free off all drugs after 30 years of five autoimmune diagnoses. Like that's how quickly this stuff works if you wake up to it and be like wow I should if I want to stay alive I should probably support life in my body right it's, it's it seems kind of trite but that's how that's nature right you want to kill nature or do you want to live with nature
1: well, that's the big point here that living with nature and that I was literally answered my question as I was about to ask it is we see what it looks like to go against that living with life. But when we start to make and implement these changes, our body so much wants to get back to balance, particularly the gut, that we will begin to see results pretty quickly. I think people are always so surprised by that.
0: Well, yeah. So most people are used to being disappointed, right? Oh, I tried to go, you know, paleo something, and hey, I lasted about three days. You know, boo. You know, then I gained six pounds. Or I water fasted for five days, lost eighteen pounds, and gained twenty three back. Boo, right? And so just like there's all these kind of ups and downs of all these kind of like quick interventions that that you know are designed to like make you look good on prom night, but not be sustainable. What we're talking about now is a sustainable way of feeding the right bugs that feed you back that keep you thin i mean there's there's bacterial colonies associated with obesity and not found in thin rats but also you know old found in the obese ones when you do a transfer of just the bacteria, the thin guys get fat and when you transfer the other bacteria the other way, the fat guys get thin right and so We've missed this the whole time and the science is clear now. We really are getting to the point where we're like, oh my God, we've definitely looked in the wrong direction. We're starting to understand things. But again, stuff just won't get to your doctor's office for 15 to 20 years.
1: Well, I'm so excited about this amazing series and it's going live. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, I, I'm going to have the link inside the show notes. I want you guys registering for it immediately. Tell me a little bit about how the series is lined out. So is it seven videos? videos? I forget exactly.
0: Nine episodes over nine days and then I'm taking it to distribution, but only the first one. So it'll move to PBS and the, the other nine are part of you know this thing. So this is like the only chance really to see this for free. So we're doing a nine day free screening and I'm trying to get millions of people to see it and share it with their friends and family because, man, it's, it's really important to get this stuff out there. And so, you know, it took a lot of flack on our side for, you know, spending you know, a year and a, you know, a million bucks making something and making it free. I think it's that important to share with the world and it needs to be shared now.
1: I agree. And where else can we find you, Pedram?
0: So I'm the founder of well.org and also theurbanmonk.com. And, um, you know, I write books and stuff.
1: you got to get that book i i have it actually the urban monk does not leave my bedside
0: come on
1: it's on my bedside right now the recommendations that you give in that book are important reminders you know like you said even the best of us we can get caught up in life when we're on the move and for me that book always brings me back into alignment you know just making sure that i'm practicing not only what i preach but just make taking care of my body
0: Amen. Well, thank you. I'm honored that you have that book so close to you. Yeah, that book is, you know, it's like nothing in there is earth shattering. It's more about putting on a different lens to look at life through kind of a holistic monastic lens that would make you just mindful all the time. And I catch some flack for it where people are like, well, you know, this didn't cover anything new. I'm like, look, you know, don't turn around from the choir and talk about this here like look out at the parishioners this is this is for everybody right this this book is designed for everybody to just change an operating system and think a little more clearly about how they do their their day to day and look it's helped a lot of people you know thank god i'm i'm very blessed to have been able to be in a position to help so many people and that's that's what i got into this for right why
1: you write wrote it and how you wrote it is why i love it and you're right. It's a different lens to see, but it's the thing that we need to be reminded of. You know, so often we know these things, we just don't do them. There's no rhyme to what if someone tells you to do it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to.
0: Well, that's it. So without an operating system or framework, every single one of us can read you know, some wellness magazine and be like, oh, I'm going to try that this week and just keep throwing crap against the wall, wondering why nothing sticks, because there's no framework to be like, oh, this is how I would live a healthy, balanced life. Oh, one. Once I do it this way, it works. And so you just keep doing it because it works versus just throwing darts with your eyes closed, which is how most health and wellness works in this kind of like, they just assume everyone's a goldfish and everyone has you know no attention. And so they just keep throwing suggestions that are untethered in anything and people wonder why none of it works, right? You need a framework, you need a lens to look through. And then then you basically have a, a fulfilled life.
1: Well, and that's exactly what this series is going to do as well. It's going to give you the why and the framework. We need to understand why we're making these decisions. And that's what, I, what I'm so excited about is that that's what this is bringing to the table. Just like that book, that's the missing piece. We don't get why we do what we do.
0: Amen. Thank you. Yeah. And look, this is, you know, this is my fourth. I mean, I've done three films that have been on Netflix and Hulu and PBS. I mean, my stuff's gotten around. I'm really proud of this one. It's beautiful. It's deep. It's meaningful. It's well produced. Uh, My team worked really hard on it. And every single person on my team, their lives have been changed. They eat differently. They look better. They've dropped weight. I mean, every person that's touched this thing, it's touched their lives.
1: Thank you. Thanks for creating it. Thanks for spending the year and the money and the resources to get this done.
0: Well, thank you. Well, thanks for lending your genius to it and being in it. And also, you know, just helping us get the word out. The drug companies have all the money because people give them money to stay unwell <laughs> and just stay in that model. And so they can keep buying airwaves and convincing people that they need these dumb drugs for life. And, you know, the only way this information gets out there is for us to, you know, share it amongst ourselves and beat them at that game.
1: And that's what I want to recommend. You guys go to the link, get it and share it. If there's someone in your life that you know is struggling, if you can only connect to the fact that they're struggling with gut issues or they're struggling with any other inflammatory concern, get this message out there. Share this with a friend. Share it with somebody who really needs this message. Well, thank you, Pedram, honey, for coming on, sharing your brilliance. I can't wait to check it out. I can't wait to see how many other lives get changed by it.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for doing the work that you do.
1: There you have it. Dr. Pedram really brought the business in our conversation and he brought some important points. Now I agree with him around implementing self care into your everyday and not just trying to escape from your life with that two week vacation to Hawaii or Mexico, right? We want to live a life where we don't feel the need to escape from. And I think a lot of that has to do with the self care that we begin to implement for ourselves. I also agree that if we want to be healthy, we've got to make decisions that support that. You know, normal is very much the sick model, and I don't personally mind looking strange to people if it means that I'm honoring my body and my health by making those healthy choices. And lastly, I really, truly resonate with him when it comes to understanding the microbiome. It's interconnected to everything in our body and the gut is one of the first places to look if you're struggling with something chronic or you're not sure what's going on in the body. Because current researchers are now saying that up to 90% of all diseases can be traced back to some issue inside of the gut and the health of our microbiome. And this importance cannot be overstated. Now, something also interesting to consider is that from the moment we're born, there are hundreds of billions of beneficial bacteria present within us literally from that second we're born and up until today, right? That, that's constantly happening and what's really important is that both the good and bad bacteria make up our microbiome. It's basically an internal ecosystem that benefits our gut health and the immune system. Now recently the scientific community has started embracing the important role of bacteria and how they support our immune system and keep us healthy. So it's important that we really get educated on this topic and take the steps to heal our gut. So in order to do that, I really do want to invite you to grab a free seat to this incredible documentary, Interconnected, The Healing Secrets of the Microbiome. And I believe the documentary goes live today. So hurry up, go register. You can find the link in my show notes or on the website, drmarisa.com slash podcast. It's the newest podcast up but also, this episode is episode number 47, just in case you were wondering which one this was. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. I am so excited, pretty much giddy, about the upcoming guest that we have next week, and that is Sherry Salata. Now, If you don't know Sherry, I want to talk a little bit about her. I want to sing her praises just for a moment. But Sherry Salata was the executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show and the co-owned president of the OWN Network, the Oprah Winfrey Network, for 21 years. And she is going to be sharing her biggest life lessons and her pillar life approach to creating your dreams. Now she is a bright light and she shares some amazing secrets that you're not going to want to miss. She's also the co-host of the popular podcast series, This is 50 with Sherry and Nancy. I can't wait to see you on this next episode so you can listen in to Sherry breaking it down, how to not only live your best life, but to create your dreams. Because let me tell you, she has got a story. Now, as I mentioned before earlier in the show, it is my goal to spread the word about this incredible podcast. At least I hope you were getting so much out of it. So feel free, reach out, give me a shout out, reach out via Insta, Facebook, iTunes, whatever works for you. I can't wait to possibly shout you out in the coming weeks. And all you gotta do is quickly leave a review or let me know what your big win has been from listening to these episodes. Now, what is this? 47 to date. And I just look forward to continue to serve you and other incredible women who are ready to become healers in their own home and take back their health. See you soon. Bye.